You want to bet like the Not For The Bay podcast? Go sign up with BetUS Sportsbook, where you can get in the game. Provides multiple sports, online casino, and live betting. Has easy deposits, fast payouts, so sign up today using promo code NFD to receive 125% in bonuses. BetUS. Bet wherever, whenever. Now, 8.57, August 23rd, 2022. I'd like to welcome everybody into the Not For The Bay podcast. This is DeVore. Uh, first things first, before we even get into this, well, today's episode. Today's the 23rd, August 23rd. Uh, shout out to the late Kobe Bryant. Today is his birthday. This would not be a Not For The Bay podcast episode. A good, excuse me, a good not for debate podcast episode. If we didn't shout out Cody, Kobe Bryant, happy birthday to Kobe Bryant, the late Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I, I guess I want to start off by saying, like, for real, like, how do we end up having this goat conversation without Kobe Bryant? Like, it's all, it's, it's. I feel like it's, a, it's a dead issue at this point as far as LeBron, where LeBron stands right now. But I feel like Kobe was more of a goat than LeBron and just just the when you sit down and you look at look at Michael Jordan obviously he's the standard and then in my eyes because I grew up in the Kobe era well I grew up towards the end of the Michael Jordan era into the Kobe era like Kobe was the remix like Kobe, Kobe just added more swagger to the game of basketball that Michael Jordan already bought to the game. And I got to tell you, like me as a me as a basketball fan, I just love two way players. Like you cannot just be a one dimensional player. You just can't be a scorer. Like I like my players to be two ways. And I strongly believe moving forward in the NBA for you to be known to being one of the best basketball players. You've got to be a two-way player. You got to play both ways. You got to play offense. You got to play phenomenal defense. That's just my honest opinion. Um, that's how I'm going to go ahead and put Jason Tatum up into that upper echelon of players because he stepped his game up and put himself on that level. But back to Kobe Bryant. Five NBA championships for Kobe Bryant. Like we don't have that conversation at all. And like I'm just getting, I'm just getting kind of irritated with it because I'm like, you use when you sit down and you watch a Kobe Bryant, like I like I like LeBron. Like LeBron, like he makes the best play. Well, he always goes for the best play. But also you got to remember you're the best player on the team. And sometimes the best play is you putting the ball in your hands. And that was one of the biggest issues that I have with LeBron uh his earlier years uh in the NBA was him not putting putting the ball in his hands to to dominate because he is capable of doing that. But Kobe Bryant, like I said, two-way player. I love one of my favorite things about Kobe Bryant was 
Like he played both ends on the floor. Like he would go out there, drop, drop 30 points on you, uh, go have go up for like what maybe 26 attempts and still go ahead and play defense on the opposite end of the floor. His ability to be able to drive to the basket and finish at a very, very high level, like the re- the reverse dunks were the most electrifying dunks that you would see in game outside of what Vince Carter was doing, but would literally just dunk on you at a moment's notice. And then of course the game winners, the game winners, the, 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 the double, double pump fake, the double pump fake game winner jump shots that he would have throughout the course of his career. Like Kobe, Kobe will most definitely be missed. Like it's, 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 it's still surprising to me that Kobe Bryant is gone like two years. It's been two years now. And I, and I remember like the whole time I'm just thinking like somebody must've like hacked the internet when, when that when that breaking news came across the screen, it was like, uh, yeah, Kobe Bryant died in the in the helicopter accident, and I'm just like, yo, like that, that it literally just hit me, it it hit me, it hit me in a total different way, because I feel like Kobe Bryant is probably one of the only players that has passed on that i've well celebrity in general that has passed on and i've actually watched the beginning and the end of a career now it it literally it it it, it took it took me a minute it, it like it literally it hit me right here in my stomach like it, it like it was like a it, it it hit me like it literally i can't even describe it it literally just hit me like it was that serious for me like i was like man like Kobe like that was my dog like Kobe like I used to collect basketball cards like I I would have like 60 50 60 basketball cards of Kobe Bryant that's like that's how much like Kobe was that dude like literally Kobe was that dude but like I said like this would not be a good not for debate episode if we didn't if we didn't touch on Kobe Bryant Today's topics, bangers as usual, like I always say, we're gonna be talking about Trayvon Diggs. I'm 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 getting kind of I'm getting kind of irritated with the conversation of Trayvon Diggs being one of the best corners in the league. We're gonna sit down and have that discussion. Also, we're gonna we're gonna discuss Lamar Jackson's contract extension. Uh Kevin Durant rescinding his trade request with the Brooklyn Nets. And I know Monday's episode. I we was talking about the coaching trees and I thought it was a series whole time when I looked at it on Bleacher Report it showed like the coaching trees Andy Reid's tree had Kyle Shanahan's tree had Bill Belichick's tree whole time they was doing a promo for Game of Thrones like this is why it's important for you to read everything but I will still do something on the coaching trees I like I felt like that was very very interesting when you sat down and you just look at the trees and some of the past coach is some of the coaches that have worked under Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, and Kyle Shanahan, especially Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, I'm 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 extremely I, I didn't realize how many different coaches actually worked under Kyle Shanahan. Like you look at it, Matt LaFleur, who's currently the the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Robert Salah, the head coach for the New York Jets, Sean McVay, obviously with the Los Angeles Rams, and Mike McDaniel with, with the Miami Dolphins. Um, Zach Taylor with the Cincinnati Bengals, even though I really don't want to count Zach Taylor. Well, 
I guess you got to because he got his head coaching job being under Kyle Shanahan, but and he's been around the league quite a bit. So, but a lot of a lot of success from the, from this particular head coaching tree. Like Andy Reid got a lot of got a lot of successful coaches from his tree, like uh, John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills, uh, Doug Peterson, Ron Rivera, even Todd Bowles. Like, and then of course, Bill Belichick, you look at some of the guys like, uh, well, really not very many guys up here. Only, only real, only guy I could really touch on for Bill Belichick that I could say that's a legitimate, a legitimate coach is probably Mike Vrabel. Cause and I look at Matt Patricia, not a good, not a very, very good stink with the Detroit lions, Brian Dayball. We're going to get our first taste out of Brian Dayball. Uh, Josh McDaniels, not a good stink with the Denver Broncos. Got a second chance with the Las Vegas Raiders. Joe Judge was not good. Uh, Eric Mangini, unfortunately, was the, the New York Jets. Uh, Brian Flores, I, I guess, even though I kind of feel like Brian Flores was a little bit overrated as a coach for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Romeo Cornell with the Cleveland Browns, no. So that coaching tree. That coaching tree for Bill Belichick, as far as wins and losses for the rest of the guys, is not very good. But when you look at Andy Reid's and you look at and you look at Kyle Shanahan's, you got nothing but hitters. Like you got nothing but hitters. Like I would take any one of these coaches uh, that I just na- well that I just named on the on the on their list. Now on the Nuclear Pages list is probably like two guys on that list that I would actually take for myself. But let's go ahead and get into Kevin Durant because. Um, I feel like the 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 Brooklyn Nets were, were 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 destined for something great if everything fell into play. Now, last year, uh, we had the whole COVID situation with Kyrie. He was unable to play home games, and then he was only playing away games. Then Kevin Durant had to deal with the injury. Then it was the James Harden effort situation. Uh, things were things were looking very very bleak for the New York Net. For, excuse me for the Brooklyn Nets. And they was able to make a run towards the end of the 2000, the 2021 season. And then they ended up getting into the playoffs. But in, but in between that, it was the trade, the Ben Simmons trade that really set the Brooklyn Nets over the top. And I felt like they were destined to, they were destined to win the championship. If, if they had a healthy Ben Simmons on the roster. Unfortunately, things didn't work out that way. Ben Simmons ended up sitting for the remainder of the season due to. It's a, it's a lot of different speculations out there. People still don't believe that he had a back injury the whole time. Um, I, I strongly believe it has something to do. It also has something to do with it's a it's a multitude of different things. It's the grievance against the against the Philadelphia 76ers of him getting his money. Obviously, the back played a, played a big factor. Um, it's a, it's a multitude of different things, but a lot of things went down in in in, in Brooklyn. But on, on the outside looking in, the two major things was definitely James Harden and and, and Kyrie Irving. Uh, but now, when I look at the when I looked at last year's playoff series against the Boston Celtics, I strongly I felt like Steve Nash as the head coach because 
Kevin Durant at a report. At, the report was out there. Like you're going to have to choose between the general manager and the head coach over me. Whatever you uh, you decide to do, when both of these get, one of us is leaving. That's just what it was. Now, again, going back to Steve Nash, my thing with Steve Nash was I was not a believer in Steve Nash. I felt like when I watched that series, it was a lot of ISO basketball. Kevin Durant one on one trying to make a play and get put the ball in the hoop same thing with Kyrie Irving the whole game that's all you saw that's all you saw Bruce Brown they they sprinkled in some Bruce Brown him driving to the basket too as well but I feel like they didn't utilize what what they got out of the out of the trade like Seth Curry was coming Seth Curry came over from the Philadelphia 76ers as well like you should have gave him some you should have hooked him up with some open looks either running some floppies or something but you I felt like you they could have utilized him better during the course of that playoff series against the Boston Celtics. Um, and I, I just felt like just the way Kevin Durant was just getting beat up during the course of the game, during the course of that series. And a lot of people like to credit Jason Tatum, but I personally, I feel like it was a collective effort on the Boston Celtics side. As they're able to just be physical with him and just keep, make sure they keep on, keep a, keep a body on them at all times. Now let's go ahead and, and, and fast forward to now. Um, when Kevin Durant requested the trade, which was back in June, was about two months ago, uh, he he again he made he was like, "Is either going to be me or the head coach and the and the general manager?" And apparently, they sat down. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, and the Brooklyn Nets sat down with uh, with Joe Sy, uh, Sean Marks, and Steve Nash, and they was able to hash this thing out now personally i feel like kevin durant was in the best situation that he could possibly be in in 2022 leading up to 2022 season because when you look around the league if you was if you were going to get if if your request for a trade was going to get granted where could you have possibly gone like there were there were they say that the boston celtics were the number were one of the teams the Toronto Raptors and the Miami Heat were the were the were the top the, the top three teams out there that that was going to that really wanted Kevin Durant. I strongly believe Miami wasn't going to have enough to get a Kevin Durant. Toronto doesn't have the roster for them to be competitive for them to have a Kevin Durant. And then obviously it's Boston. And I'm like, why why would Boston want to go after a Kevin Durant when you have two young rising stars out of Jason Tatum? and and uh and Jalen Brown like you guys literally just went to the finals and you want to break this team up for for Kevin Durant like I love Kevin Durant uh, as a player but when you when you when you look at it like I uh, you signed the contract let's go ahead and just move forward I know it's unfortunate like the the front office didn't live up to your expectations there's a lot of different things going on going on in Brooklyn that I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure he's unhappy about but Going back to the teams, like I'm like Golden State was up there. I felt like though that a team like Golden State, Boston, and then there was the one about the Lakers that literally was making me sick because personally I didn't want to keep Kyrie on the on the Brooklyn Nets roster. I, I just I'm just not a fan. And they wanted to go ahead and make the swap for Kevin Durant and Kyrie for 
um, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. And I'm like, man, I hope they don't pull the trigger on that trade. Like, that's 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 definitely something I do not want to see. Like literally something I did not want to see. So again, like the best possible scenario for Kevin Durant right now for him to compete for a championship is with the Brooklyn Nets. It's with the Brooklyn Nets. Like they already announced that Kyrie Irving is going to go ahead and stay with the Brooklyn Nets, even though that makes me cringe every time I, I sit here and I think about it. Um, You go ahead and you're going to get uh, Seth Curry's going to be coming back. Again, let's go ahead and get him involved. Uh, Joe Harris is coming back. Like you're, you're a three-point specialist, Joe Harris, your 3 and D guy. He's coming back. You got Ben Simmons, who you acquired in a trade first team all pro defensive player like he could play literally all five positions and he can he can guard your the opposing team's best player the the emergence of nick claxton because i feel like nick claxton towards the end of the season like he played phenomenal like he played phenomenal i felt like like Andre Drummond, I like Andre Drummond too, but Nick Claxton, it like it's literally his time to shine as far as being the starter for the Brooklyn Nets. But again, man, like I, I, I strongly believe like Kevin Durant, the best possible scenario for you to win a championship is to stay right where you're at. Like you think about it, who's going to be your competition? Obviously, Boston, they're going to be your competition uh in the east and then you got milwaukee um who else is in the east the hawks but i'm not i'm not really a fan of the uh the jante murray and 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 trey young i don't like that i don't i just do not like that matchup like i just feel like it's a it's a defensive liability honestly they're gonna score a lot of points but it, I feel like it's going to be a very, very big defensive, uh, a big defensive mid-jack, mid-match for them. Um, but I'm trying to think, who else can I be compete with them? Really, nobody else is really competing with them in the East. So, like, it's almost just I, I would probably say the Bucks, the Bucks and the Celtics are the two top two, the top two that I think that would be the most competitive. Uh, for the for the Brooklyn Nets moving forward into the 2022 season, so I'm glad Kevin Durant stayed in Brooklyn because I'm I'm very very interested to see how this combination of Ben Simmons and and Kevin Durant is going to work out, and then of course Kyrie. All right, so Lamar Jackson, those those that know me, those that know me. I've been a big, huge critic of Lamar Jackson. And I'm sorry. I I, I I literally cannot help myself. Like, he came into the league. I have, I wanted him to evolve his game even more than what, what it has been because of the same things that happen in the playoffs. Teams load the box. And they take away they take away the tight end for Lamar Jackson and his ability to run the football. That's just what it is. Now, this was reported by Joe Glazer from Fox Sports. Um he gave he gave an update on the contract negotiations between the Baltimore Ravens and 
and Lamar Jackson. And for those that don't know, Lamar Jackson represents himself. He doesn't have an agent. It says that the Baltimore Ravens have eclipsed the five-year 200, $230.5 million contract extension that Kyler Murray has received. So what it sounds like to me, Lamar Jackson wants something equivalent to what Le- what Deshaun Watson wanted, got, excuse me, got when he got traded from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns, which was a five-year, $230 million contract that was fully guaranteed. Now, will they get this contract done uh, before before week one? I doubt it. And let me explain why. Through Lamar Jackson's, we're going into his fifth year. Okay, fifth year. So there's four years in the league. One of his biggest strengths is running with the football. The thing is with these fully guaranteed contracts is durability. I don't think, I don't think Lamar Jackson is worth a fully guaranteed contract because of the fact that he likes to put himself in harm's way, scramble it with the, with the football and not exactly being the most safest when he actually is in open field, getting down sliding or running out of bounds. And it showed this past year for the, for the Baltimore Ravens, he ended up missing the remainder remainder of the season and they end up missing the playoffs, which a lot of things, a lot of other things played into that too, as well for the Baltimore Ravens due to injuries on the roster. But, a lot of folks want to compare Lamar Jackson to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is two playoff appearances. Lamar Jackson, his three playoff appearances. Lamar Jackson, one MVP. Deshaun Watson, none. Cool. But when we put all that stuff aside, let's think about this for a second. Lamar Jackson. Would you... All the all the massage, conspiracy therapist stuff out the window, pound for pound. When you look when you look at it, who is the better quarterback, Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson? If if you if you respect the game of football, I'm pretty sure we all can answer the question honestly and truthfully, and be like, okay, Deshaun Watson, and. My my thing is Lamar Lamar has to get over that hump where he can't just be reliant solely on his legs. I still am not a I'm not the biggest fan of him throwing the football. That's my biggest issue. And a lot of folks, a lot of folks be like, you gotta get him some help. You gotta get him some receivers. Like if we're being honest, the Baltimore Ravens are not going to invest into in receivers. Spending what? 70 80 million dollar on on one receiver if they're not going to catch over 100 balls that's just not what the what the what the scheme that they're running hence why hollywood brown wanted to leave because he knew he was going to get his contract extension with the baltimore ravens he knew that he knew that and if we're being honest if we're really being honest and i'm and i'm speaking from our receiver's perspective why would I want to go to a team 
that runs the ball 65% of the time. Last time I checked, this is a passing league. Like, I understand, like, our quarterback, he can run and 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 make plays in open field but at the same time if i'm a receiver i gotta go out and get mine too like i want to i want to get i want to make my incentives where i catch over a thousand yards worth of balls and be able to hit that five million gotta keep gotta keep those type of things in mind when you when you think about playing with lamar jackson so again like this this notion about not having star receivers like that's just not the offense that they run they're they like to run the football to read option um and 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 mark andrews is usually the usually the uh the main guy that's involved in the offense is highly regarded as one of the best tight ends in the league which honestly that could be a little bit because that's all lamar looks at but hey numbers don't lie (laughs) That they say numbers don't lie. All right, last topic of the day. Trayvon Diggs. <sighs> let's 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 get into Trayvon. Now Trayvon. Well, maybe well, maybe want to spark this conversation up is because of the top one hundred, and the top one hundred had Trayvon Diggs ranked as twenty third in the league. Now, I'm not exactly sure how they vote for these players. Like, do they just like write? They write. I'm. They write their own list of players, and I guess they try to match them up from the amount of players that actually did vote and then they try to work it out that way. But obviously players don't exactly state what number they would put a specific player in, in the top 100. Now, Trayvon Diggs had 11 interceptions in 2021. He led the league interceptions cool but also gave up over 1068 receiving yards which also led the league <laughs> i'm sorry i cannot i cannot regard a cornerback who gave up over 1000 yards as one of the best cornerbacks in the league I just can't do it. Now, this is another interesting stat that I found out today about Trayvon Diggs. He allowed the 10th most receptions with 53 and had the third most on the third most targets was in 93. How can we put Trayvon Diggs in this conversation with Jair Alexander? Jalen Ramsey, Tredavious White, I guess AJ Terrell. That's a that's iffy for me. I got to see it again. Xavier Howard, Marshawn Lattimore, and Darius Slay. How can we put him in that category? Honestly, I get it. He's a playmaker. Here's where the disconnect comes because a lot of folks have a problem with Xavier Howard being a top five, top three cornerback. 
but i if we're if we're being honest i feel like if you want to be in that upper echelon of corners you can't give up the big play that's one thing you can't do you can't give up the big play and i feel like trayvon diggs he gives up the big play too much like you're seeing you're seeing in this year's training camp people that cameras are not shy of showing him getting burnt by his teammates in in one-on-ones we're seeing i i saw that i saw that like two couple days ago that was up there then last year you had the national stage looking at you i everybody watched hard knocks we saw him get murdered in hard knocks excuse my language and it didn't look too good so he played receiver at alabama he converted from receiver to corner at alabama People say that he needs to convert to a safety. I'm inclined to agree because he's he's a ball hawk, yes, for sure. But can he can he go up and play man to man coverage on a consistent basis? No, I, I I don't think so. Like for him to guard one receiver from one side of the field to the opposite side of the field, I think he's incapable of doing that. And I'm just sitting here just watching him in the one-on-ones for the Dallas Cowboys, I'm just sitting there like, man, like I don't even think he's got the speed to be able to do something like that. Like it's, 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 it's crazy when you sit down and you look at it, but again, when you put your, when, when you talk about the upper echelons of corners, the ultimate standard is not to give up the big play. That is the ultimate standard. There's been too many times that I've sat down and I watched Trayvon Diggs, this is the most popular opinion, bite on the double move, and then he ends up getting himself in a world of trouble. And does he have the potential to possibly be a top five corner? Ah, uh, yes, I agree one thousand percent. Because when you look at it, it, the ball the ball skills are there. Like my thing is when you when you especially when you're a converted co- a receiver to corner, like you should be able to track the ball regardless and this is how i was able to learn how to play corner and play corner in general is obviously in man to man i'm watching the receiver the whole time and i'm watching his eyes as soon as i see that head turn back i'm looking up looking for i'm 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 tracking the ball i'm looking for the ball because you already ran your route i just got to find the ball that's that's what it is and a lot of folks have a lot of trouble doing that It's, 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 it's a lot of things going on here especially getting your hips right and everything now in zone, if we're being honest, you just we we talking about cover three, you guarding you guarding a third of the field. That's just what you're doing. Cover two, obviously you just guarding the flat. So not very much. I I I can't I can't put a corner I can't put a corner in a in a in a in an upper echelon of corners if you can't run no man to man. Like if you if you just run his own, I'm sorry, I, I can't put you in I can't put you in that conversation. Now I know Richard Sherman that says has been a, a a consistent conversation. I'm sorry, it, it just ain't for me. I ain't even asking you. I'm not even asking you to 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 roam the field and guard the best player the whole game. But if you can't if you can't lock up your receiver on that one side that you guarding, I'm sorry, that's just not. I can't I can I cannot put you in the conversation. Oh, that felt so good getting that off my chest. Um, yeah, a, a, a short show today, man. Like again, I'm I'm going we gonna get we gonna get into that coaching tree depth because I felt like it was extremely interesting. Like we're gonna have the records and everything. Uh, we just did like a little brief summary uh, today. Uh, but um, 
be sure to go ahead and hit that follow button on on Spotify. I'm not sure exactly what they do on Apple Apple Music or Apple Podcasts lately. I just put the five star or however that however that things works. But we'll be back Wednesday. No, excuse me, Friday. We'll be back Friday with another episode. So go ahead and be sure to go ahead and follow on our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram. Um, also be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel too as well. We drop some we drop clips there too as well. Uh this is the Not for the Bay podcast. I'm about out of here, man. <laughs>